Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I have good news. I actually have great news and good news. Good news. The merch is coming. The shop is back open. At least the samples from my shirts have been printed. I picked them up last night. Allegedly, everything is on the way to my warehouse right now. So I'm super, super happy. So the merch drop is soon forthcoming. I don't have a date, but at least I have all the merch now. So I'm happy about that. In better news, I watched that episode of Insecure that everyone's been talking about nonstop since it aired on Sunday night. If you are not watching Insecure or if you have not seen the most recent episode of Insecure, turn this podcast off. It's all spoilers. I was so perturbed by the episode. I had so many thoughts. I called up one of my friends, a mommy bestie, author, writer, Helena Andrews Dyer. She's a journalist and editor at the Washington Post, and she's also the author of a couple books. Her first one was Bitch is the New Black. That's how we met many, many, many moons ago. I think her book came out in 2010, and mine, A Bell in Brooklyn, came out in 2011. So we met through our books, and as it would turn out, We had a lot in common, including a lot of friends in common. There's a guy that she talks about in her book, not as somebody she dated, but as a guy that she knew. He's also in my book. (laughs) We figured that out years later. But she's one of my really good friends. And she's also an insecure super fan. So I asked her, I was like, girl, girl, I can't I can't do an episode to talk about insecure on my own because there's so much to talk about. And there are so many perspectives. And I just didn't want to have just mine. I asked her to come on the podcast. I thought we were going to talk like a brief overview, but we got into the nitty gritty of damn near everything. I think the only thing we didn't talk about with this episode is the death theme that's been running through this season. I'm so afraid somebody's about to die. But everything else in terms of of Lawrence and Condola and the hero of this episode, Kelly, and where the hell were Molly and Issa at the baby's first birthday? We got into all of that. So I am going to stop talking on my own and I am going to bring in the Helena. Hello, my love. It's so good to have you on the phone today. Hi, I'm so happy to hear your voice. 
I haven't talked to you. I haven't seen you or talked to you in forever. Like we are on Facebook all the time. So I feel like I know what's going on with you, but I haven't actually, you know, seen you. No. Or heard you. Ma'am, I have definitely had a whole baby since the last time I talked to you, I think. No. You've seen Robin. Fuck. (laughs) No. The last time I saw Sally, she wasn't even talking. Right. Damn. Ma'am. And yeah. And now the second one is Sally 2.0 is a whole two years old. So I got a four. No. No. Yes. yes. So, I mean, okay. Like a global pandemic did happen. <laughs> but like, what about the six months before? Oh, I was gallivanting. Oh, and I moved to LA. Yes. You absolutely moved to LA. And then gallivanting. And then when I'm in DC, mm-hmm. I, I'd be running the streets. Girl. I don't want to bring my in the streets mess to your like, you know, happy family home. Like, <laughs> first of all, like I can be in the streets until about 9 p.m. <laughs> until 9 um, p.m. <laughs> then I have to go to bed. Like, go go um, to bed. Go home to your husband and children. <laughs> okay. But I can do brunch. Mama can do brunch. Okay. And not fall asleep. Okay. But the thing is, like, when we do brunch, I don't want to have, like, a girl's brunch. I want you to bring the baby so I can, like, see them. I don't want you to escape no. the children. You're no. like, no. Oh, no, ma'am. No. No. <laughs> no. Really? Well, how they am I supposed to see the kids? You, you could, you, I'll bring pictures. I'll bring pictures. Wow. I'll bring some video. Wow. <laughs> so I'm never going to meet Sally, is what you're saying. Or Robin. No. I'm not- no. We're going as Sally. So Sally turns five in <gasps> And as soon as she can get that good vaccine, we are going to bring them over to Casa de Lucas. Yay! You can see them so your parents can love up on them. But yeah, she's going to get that good vaccine. Yo, yo, no, they can't come to my parents' house. Bringing girl children in that house, it's, <laughs> they acted up. You know Jen Pierre, right? I don't know her Jen? personally. I don't know if we met in real life. Okay. That, okay, so Jen brought her daughter over to the house. And admittedly, like her daughter, I look like her husband, and her daughter looks exactly like her husband. So her kid looks like me. Mm. And my parents acted a whole ham ass fool. Like, yeah, that grandparent energy just pent up. It's, it's got a release somewhere. You know what? Yes, let's bring Robin and Sally by. Let's, let's bring <laughs> two little black girls by and, and let my parents yes. play with them and get it out of their system. And. No, you might get they free babysitters, actually. Ma'am, ma'am, say less. I'm tempting you with a good time. <laughs> right. Say, say less. less. Say less. But the reason that I wanted to speak with you today, other than like I haven't talked to you in forever and you're one of my favorite people, is that, you know, you're like a super fan of Insecure in the same way that I, I am. am. And last night's episode was much on much on much and a lot more. Oh, my God. I loved it. I loved it because I had like this visceral enraged reaction to so much of it. And I don't even have kids or like a baby daddy or like a relationship to to be conflicted or have conflict about. And like, I'm just angry. Right. But it's like, you don't need all those things to feel so upset at everyone. I mean, for me, definitely more upset at Lawrence than I am at um, Condola. But just anyone who has been in any situation with another human being where you are both just literally jagged rocks crashing up against one another. This was that entire half hour. Yes. And it was painful to watch. Yes. 
Very painful. I see a lot of people online like going really, really hard on Condola. And I was like, do y'all not see Lawrence? Do y'all not, y'all don't see anything that he's doing? I'm so not here for the Condola hate. Like, and I went back, I went, as you say, I'm an insecure super fan. I did some deep cuts. I went back to the Thanksgiving episode from last season. Mm -hmm. That was the episode where one, people forget that Condola is divorced. She was somewhat newly divorced when her and Lawrence started first dating, right? I think I, I think she was like a year and a half out of a divorce. Okay. And he wanted to come to like a Friendsgiving she was hosting with like her good friends because he had like had asked her what her plans were. And she was like, oh, well, actually, I'm having this thing. And he like invited himself to it. She didn't invite him because they were always in this weird, like, are we serious? Are we not? She clearly knew that he had feelings for Issa that he didn't even know he had all of those things. And so in that episode specifically, which talks about pressure and they had a conversation about pressure, like he was like, well, why didn't you invite me in the first place? And she was like, well, I didn't want to pressure you. I didn't want to feel pressure. They were all there. They were never all the way in it. Right. Even then, then, you know, fast forward to the season finale last season and she comes up pregnant, you know, and even then people were hating on condola. Like she was trying to tear Lawrence and Issa apart. Like, Oh, why does she want this baby? Cause it's a whole baby. Like that was her choice. She said to him when they had that argument then where he was like, no, this isn't the right time. And she was like, that's just not an option for me. Like I maybe wasn't ready before with her ex to have a baby, but I've wanted a family. And you know, this isn't ideal for me either. You know, she's not excited about the situation either, but she was like, listen, this is how I'm getting my baby. Like everybody doesn't get their baby in the quote unquote, you know, fantasy way they thought they were going to get their baby as, as a kid. Like this is how she's getting her baby. Right. And even in that conversation, cause in the hate that we see for, on Condola now, folks are like, oh, well, you know, she said he could be as involved as she wanted to be. I went back to that conversation. The woman is crying. She has tears in her eye, right? She's literally saying to him, listen, I know this isn't an ideal situation for you. It's not necessarily what you want, right? And he told her straight up it wasn't what he wanted. He asked her in that conversation, is it mine, right? Um, so she kind of was giving him an out, but the woman has tears in her eyes during that conversation. She didn't come at him on some old, like, here's a paper, sign away your parental rights. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't come at in this situation wanting to be a single mom, but she also didn't want to put a bunch of quote-unquote pressure on a man that she knew didn't want to be with her and this wasn't necessarily what he wanted. Fast forward to now, we're a whole pregnancy and what makes me upset, which I didn't understand from the first freaking scene when he walks into that labor and delivery room and he's just now meeting her mom. He's just now meeting her, but like she was a whole pregnant for 36 weeks, right? Like, what? Was there no baby shower? Like they never sat down and had coffee? Like they like I'm I'm so confused by that. Like how that happened. Yes, he lived in San Francisco, but this whole time he never came down and engaged with the pregnant condola. That pissed me off. Well, he was off dating and fucking, which apparently everyone right. thinks is okay, which I was like, right. seriously? One thing that really stands out to me is that if I recall correctly, and I didn't go back and watch the episode, but you did, so tell me. But I feel like Condola makes a reference to it in this episode where she says, you know, you told me, keep me posted. So, like, yes. he got the bare minimum information. And it, it made it seem like he was very clear that he didn't want to be that involved. 
and it seems like he wasn't involved because as you talk about, like, you know, they're like, you're just meeting the parents. There seems to be no baby shower. Like, have you even texted or communicated with this woman at all? And it's like the baby came and then he decided he wanted to be like super dad, at least on weekends. Um, exactly. And he never communicated to her that like, okay, I've changed my mind from keep me posted and I don't want to be involved to like, now I want to be super involved. And so like, she had an ideal or an idea of like what this pregnancy or what raising this baby was going to look like. And she was going to call all the shots because he wasn't involved, which is hard, but also comes with some perks, which means you can do what you want. You don't have to consult anyone. And then all of a sudden he wants to be consulted and included, but he's never had a conversation with her about his mind switch, but he has all these expectations to be accommodated. Exactly. It's very much, you know, out of sight, out of mind, right? So when she's pregnant for a whole 10 months, and that's what really got me, I think what people forget, like you're, a pregnancy is a whole thing onto itself, right? That is when we were so supposed to be prepping for this baby. And that is a time that's incredibly difficult too, especially for a first time mom. Your body is changing. You're trying to figure out how are you going to get this baby out of you? How as a black woman, you're going to make it out of a hospital alive, right? Like all of that stuff is going on in her head. And from what we can see, he ain't been nowhere. He ain't been around. So all of a sudden when the baby's here, right? So there is physical and like not just a belly, but there is literally like a human being evidence of the responsibility you're supposed to have. Now, all of a sudden, he don't want to look like a deadbeat, right? He don't want to be that dude. He don't want to be the the fuck boy that, that you know, he probably is or, you know, has probably. tendencies. Let's say he has the tendencies, right? And so now, so it's more even, and what I found with that, argument, especially when he had was having the conversation with his homeboy, who and I love homeboy, it was more about him. It was never about her, what she's going through, the pressure she's under, how hard it is for her to do this. It was just like, oh, well, I can't be there for my son. And she didn't consult me on this. And she didn't consult me on that. So you ain't been the, around. The, right, right. And it's more about how he is feeling left out and not, oh, what does the baby need? Because if that was the question, then what the baby needs is me in my presence, I need to get a transfer. I need to get another job so I can be in LA. That sh- he should have been doing this this whole nine months. W- w- dude, what have you been doing this whole time? Dating and fucking. We've established that. Right. right. Exactly. When I watched the episode last night, my first thought was like, damn, because it's so much um, confusion and hostility and it's just this big knot and I don't know how they untie it. But the first thing I wrote and I was just like, yo, like he's been out here dating and fucking like this whole time. And like, it's just, it's like, it never occurred to him to like communicate with Condola, to create a parenting plan with Condola since he changed his mind about wanting to be involved with the baby. It's like, you wanted to say so in this baby's name. You wanted the baby to have your last name. He was mad. He was like, you know, she felt like she was doing me a favor. And I was like, well, she kind of was. Yeah, she was. Ma'am, ma'am, my name is Helena. Well, it's now Helena Andrews Dyer, but I promise you it was Helena. You know, my maiden name is Helena Andrews because I am my mother's child. You know, Billy Joseph Combs, my father, rest his soul, was not around. And there was no way that woman was going to name me, give me a last name that was different from hers when she was the one doing all of the things. So yes, she was doing him a favor by giving him 
her son his last name or she she could have hyphenated it who knows but the fact that he felt so entitled i love the scene the doctor's appointment scene it was so great because even the way that they start fighting, right? When he's, they're talking about the baby's weight or whatever. And he's like, is there a problem? And she's like, I'm on top of it. And he's like, I'm just asking questions, right? That any, it doesn't matter. You could have been married for 10 years. You're still going to have that, that type of conversation at that first doctor's appointment because it's stressful as heck, right? But then when he's on her, when they're walking to the car and he's on this whole like, oh, well, I'm, I am his father. And it's like, oh, word, are you? are you? What does that mean to you? Have you even investigated that? What does it mean being a father? Does that mean you get to come down here every four, you know, for 48 hours every week and feel like this quote unquote father that you have this right to control what's going on? And I don't know. No, I, I, I think control is the wrong word. He just, he wants an equal say without putting in equal time. Equal work. Yeah. And I think that's and what that, frustrated no. me the most. Yes. Yes. Because his idea of fatherhood, like what you just said, it was like, did you actually think it was just like, I'm going to fly down here on weekends and like, you know, hang out with my kid and that's it. But I think that is it. The last argument they had at her house, she was like, you don't call us. You don't call and check on him and his development. Like you don't, you like you have no real involvement other than the weekend. Like you didn't even yeah. know we went to like the emergency room. And he was like, huh, what? And she was like, if I called you, what were you going to do? Because you're in a whole separate city. Like, are you going to take us? How? And the the thing is, there are people co-parenting that way, right? Well, who are co-parenting from, you know, very far away. That's a thing. But again, for him, I think the real operating principle is, is this out of sight, out of mind, right? And you saw it when they did that montage, that split screen of how their lives are going. Like, Condola doesn't get to put down motherhood. She doesn't get to say, oh, okay, well, I'm I'm off mommy duty today. Let me go turn up. Like, and he literally, and as she pointed out in that last scene, he gets to spend four days where he just doesn't even think about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are plenty of, of, of very involved fathers who might live far away, but they're texting every day. What's up? You know, I know, I know the schedule. I know little man has swimming. How does swimming go? Let me FaceTime. Let me do that. And it's clear he's not doing any of that shit. He's literally just, he hopped back on his flight, goes to San Francisco, lives his cute single life. And then at around, you know, closing time on a Friday, he's like, oh, let me get back into dad mode now. Let me put my dad hat on. I mean, when he's not tired, when he's not tired. Right. When he doesn't have work because yeah. he he the only parent in the history of the planet who also has a job and has to work because Condola has a whole job, too. And with the United States horrible parental leave, like I'm sure she has to go to back to work very soon. Yeah. Like so his whole oh, my well, I have to work. That's why I can't make it down. Bruh. Not nobody cares. Nobody cares. I say the same thing to my husband sometimes. You know what I mean? He'll come home tired. I'm like, you better get these babies. And he's like, oh, you know, I I just got in the door. No, nobody cares. These babies don't care. I don't care. No one cares. You know, that's life. That's the parenting life. Yeah. Well, I think that's very interesting. And that's part of the reason that I I so wanted um, to talk to you as a mom, because I think some things that they're going through are just... Parents, new parents, like parents who've been in it for a minute, but just parenting stuff, like it's hard, you know? Oh, yeah. You do know. It is hard as I don't know what, especially the newborn stage. And especially when you are a young mom, I will say young dad too. I'm not, I don't want to be, you know, 
gender exclusive in any way. But when you are a young mom who had a baby that was in your belly and have all those hormones surging, it comes out, you're breastfeeding. Those first three months are so critical in terms of one, when after you leave the hospital, they're just like, you know, here's this baby, have a good time. We'll see you in a week when you have the first doctor's appointment. But you go home, no matter how educated you are, no how how prepared you are, no matter how much family help you have, no matter if you have a, a partner, a husband, whatever, the immense responsibility and pressure for those first couple months where literally you are just trying to keep that baby breathing and alive. Oh. It is so, so hard. I, there were nights literally where I was just like, one, you're up constantly because especially if you're, bra- you're breastfeeding, the baby has to eat every two to three hours, what? right? And that, and yes, ma'am. And in those hours, it's like, it doesn't even count how they're feeding. So literally you're up, how long they're feeding. So you are up as mom every two hours, every two hours you are awake, every two hours, right? So already you are severely, severely sleep deprived and you're trying to get those, those snatches of sleep in between. You can't get them. And you're obsessed with this child making sure that I remember there were nights I would literally just, I would just like stare at Sally in the crib just to make sure she was breathing because that's it. You you are the person. There's no one's coming to save you. You (laughs) No one's coming to save you, but you must save this child. (laughs) Exactly. And it's terrifying. And it doesn't matter how much support you have. It is really, really scary, especially as a new mom. Trust. Once our second came home, once Robin came home, I was like, oh, bet. Take this baby. Let me take a nap. Let me do all these things because you feel more comfortable in this situation. But that those first couple months, which is about the time period, I think, in this episode, I think the baby's not but three or four months when they have that last big blow up. That's a really, really sensitive time. And he has like no concept of it. And that's why Tiffany's husband, I I thought was so great at the birthday party when they had that fight where he's like, let me pull you aside, bro. Cause you're not doing this right. (laughs) You, You don't know what you're doing. Like you are adding all this pressure, you're making the situation way worse. But Lawrence really doesn't hear it because he's not thinking about what Condola is co- going through. Because honestly, I think he still resents her. You think? Like he oh, flat yeah. out told her, like, you know, you, what do you say? You ruined my life? You something. Yep. Um, right. Yeah. You blew up. You blew, blew up. up my life. Yeah. Because he wasn't there. He wasn't there. That's not half his baby. Like my sister-in-law say, listen, as an, as an adult with good health insurance, you are either trying to have a baby or you're not. So in that conversation they had last season when they found out they were pregnant, oh, I thought we were being careful. What are y'all, 18, 16? Like, you're either trying or you're not. Either somebody got snipped, somebody's on somebody's pill, somebody's on X, and you know, some things are just 99.9, I get it. But either you're trying or you're not. No, right. I think like very often, like, I mean, cause just sex is like so commonplace in our culture and we talk about it. Like, it's just, you know, eating an apple, having sex. Like, I mean, I think people totally disassociate it from like creating life or potential to create life or like every, every sexual opportunity is also a risk of creating a life, exactly. um, depending on your perspective, but people just do it like willy nilly. And I'm just like, no, it's actually, you know, you could easily be Lawrence and Condola. Easy. Easy. Yo, like, because, you know, I don't have kids and I don't have plans to. That montage, that split screen 
with all the birth control I may ever need ever again in life. Like ever if I'm just like, oh, you know, like just, you know, it feels better. Just, you know, just the tip. No, (laughs) no, no. There would be no slips, no close calls. Like, no, I'm good. No, no. Ma'am, ma'am, again, unless you are, unless someone has been snipped, someone has gotten somebody's like tubal ligation, there is always a possibility. And what I loved about the episode is really how they treated those months and how they treated that time really real. Even Condola's body. Now the, the actress who plays her, I think is really postpartum. I think she actually she really had a baby. Um, so, and she looked like it, right. Even when he walked in right after birth. So, so often in movies and, and, and television from let's say even not even just five years ago, if you walked in at in the labor and delivery room with a new mom, she's no stomach, looking perfect, as if she never was pregnant or had a baby. And some people actually think that's what your body is going to look like. Some people actually think that. I remember after I had my first daughter and I was telling my assistant, or I was about to have my first daughter, I was telling my assistant, I was like, well, you know, right after you have a baby, you still look about five months pregnant. And she was like, what? Okay, this is a 20-year-old, right? She was like, what? Really? I was like, ma'am, where do you think all that stuff goes? Like the like the American educational system, especially when it comes to reproductive education and, and, and health. Like literally, she was like, oh, really? I'm like, yes, ma'am. You just had a baby pushed out of your body. Not, I might even look more pregnant at the end, bloated and all the things. And she just looked throughout the episode like a real person who had a baby. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben. Taylor Swift: The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Like, so in fairness to like your 20 something year old assistant until like close friends of mine started getting pregnant. And I want to say like my early thirties, I didn't know anyone who'd been pregnant. So like, or what's close was super close to. So I had no idea about like, I mean, I knew that like, you know, you got pregnant, you gained weight, but the fact that you still had like a visible belly afterward, I didn't know. Right. Most people don't know. Yeah. Cause it's never shown. It's never seen. And like all like the, there's a whole bunch of things that like my pregnant friends start talking about, like in regards to pregnancy. And I'd be like, wait, what? Yes. Cause people don't talk about it. Folks don't talk about it in general and mainstream because it's considered who knows can, I don't know, day class A, is it considered like impolite? Even though, I mean, everybody came out of a vagina. Everybody got a mama. Everybody came from a pregnant person. Cause people really knew they wouldn't be having babies. <laughs> Right. We should all know what happens and how real it is. Um, and I think they showed that really well, especially in that mantra. I mean, she was doing all the things and she had her sister there. We didn't see her mom, even though shouts to Layla Sean because 
she was excellently cast. Yeah. Even for even even though we only saw her for like snippets, I'm really hoping we see her again. Yes, I love her. But you know, she had help, and I think again, going back to the condola hate, folks were like, "Well, she told him she could do it on her own." And I was like. I'm sure she thought she could until she actually had a baby. Just like Lauren's friend said to him, it's like, everybody got a plan. It's, it's a you know famous Muhammad Ali line. Everybody has a plan until they get punched, in the, punched face. in the face. Yeah. Like, of course, I'm sure she thought she could do it on her own. I th- She got a cute house. She has a great, you know, she has a good job. Like that's how she, isn't that how she met them? Isn't that how she met Issa? Because she, they had like, were working together on that Mm-hmm. That first event that she had done, like, you know, she's got a career. She's a woman who has a lot of her life together. So I'm sure she's thinking, okay, baby, you know, I could do this bet. And then the baby comes and you're like, oh shit, nobody told me it was like this. Nobody told me it would be this bad because in those first couple of months, it's actually really, really bad. There is, um, I think a friend that we have in common on Facebook and she posted, and I think it's an old article actually, cause I've seen this bit of, of um, research repeated before, but the fact that parents who actually report like being happy, <laughs> parents who actually like report happiness in parenthood are those in developed countries that have childcare. Right. It is so hard. So not America is what you're saying. Right. So not America. Right. It is so difficult just to like sit in the throes and joys of this miracle and blessing you have when literally your entire life, especially at the beginning in that early stage, is just inputting. It is just shitty diapers and throw up and hard tits and raw nipples and I can't literally take a shit, you know, like, like literally, like it is so difficult just on your body, on your mental state, all those things. So this idea that on top of all that, just dealing with all that, just trying to survive that she's supposed to be sitting down here making this, you know, deciding on this co-parenting plan that clearly Lawrence isn't interested in deciding on. She's just like, listen, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to muscle through on my own. Like it was the same conversation they had in that parking lot where he was like, oh, is this this how it's going to be? You just going to make the schedule? And she's like, Negro, like I've been doing this whole time. Yeah. Was she going to wait for him? No. Actually, I think she would have been between she, her sister, her mom, and whatever her supportive friend circle was. I think she would have figured it out with just being like the single mom with the support system thing. I think the pop up of Lawrence coming in and like, you didn't want to be bothered. So now I made these plans and now you want to come in and like derail the plans that I made when you didn't want to be bothered. Right. And not be reliable and not or right? not and not be reliable that and like that part too but it was just like he was really upset about like the baptism and it's like but you haven't been here and you didn't ever express you know until the last minute that like hey yeah. i want to do this baptism and my parents are interested in whatever like you didn't do that on an efficient timeline where she could plan so she went ahead and made plans because you didn't mention anything like the communication right. between the two of them sucks Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. And I think it's because, again, going back to the beginning of their relationship, they've always been in this weird, like one foot in, one foot out situation. And I think the entire pregnancy they've dealt with, the entire pregnancy and the baby being here, they've just dealt with it like, oh, we're just like figure it out on the fly type 
deal. Um, and that's impossible. You can't do that. Y'all have a whole baby together. And if you're truly going to co-parent, which I don't think they've ever discussed. I don't, I think Condola has thought, all right, I'm, I am doing this on my own. She is approaching this. Like I'm doing this on my own, right? Because she doesn't want to be hurt by wanting to rely on someone who's iffy and who told her from jump, he ain't want this baby, right? Well, I guess like as a woman, like you never want to feel like, even though you and this man laid down together, y'all had sex, it was consensual. And now a baby is a result, right? But as a woman, you never want to feel like you're the chick that traps somebody. Yes. And she said that to him. Yeah. Like we'll pull that out on you like real quick on some, like you trapped me. Like, cause Lawrence, like, you know, you, whatever he said, ruined. We just talked about that. Like you bombed my life or whatever he says, but yeah, it's like, like, yeah. like he didn't have any accountability whatsoever for his role in creating this life. Yes. Like I was absolutely. so mad at him in, in that, that whole situation. Like he's delusional. He's delusional and he's just very like, and that goes back to the whole, the whole scene of him setting up that stupid, that stupid ass, ass crib. crib. I was, I was like, who's, who was that crib for? Because what baby is staying in this crib? The fake, the stuffed animals. What are you doing in your bachelor ass, like steel glass apartment? A studio. It was a studio because you could see the bed from the office. (laughs) I was like, sir, sir. And he put the, he would set up the crib like right in front of his office desk. Girl, I was like, so the newborn baby. The newborn breastfed baby that lives like a, a, a flight away or a six to seven hour drive because I've driven that. So have you, I'm sure, a million times. <laughs> Actually, have you? Because did you have a license when you were lived here? Me? No. Yes. Oh, okay. I've done the drive. I've been driven. <laughs> bye, I've been driven. Bye. Bye. But okay, point that's that, right? How was that baby getting to San Francisco? This newborn baby was gonna come. Like, girl, and he just. Girl, I'm like you never he was thought. Take a baby on a plane by himself. He's so dumb. And it again, it just points back to his idea of the baby is very like, like the baby's a doll. You know what I mean? Like it's just like he he has no clue what it really takes. He's never spent time from week can tell with the baby overnight, and that's when they had that big blow up because he wanted to take the baby overnight, which. Okay, I kind of get it. I mean, I, I don't kind of get it. Yes, you are the baby's father. Like, you want to spend time. But I, I'm surprised Condola even said yes to that. And again, I think she's trying to be very accommodating because she's got this a black son. Like, who doesn't want their black son to be involved, you know, to have a relationship with their father? Like, they mentioned it when they they pointed to that at the uh, the christening or baptism that they had where Lawrence's uncle's like a black dad involved showing up. And it's just like, I want to be like, yeah, showing up anyway. You got to do more than that. Yeah. But I feel like in the back of Con- Condola's mind, she's, she's wanting to be accommodating to Lawrence because she wants him to be involved in her son's life. Of course she does. That's, that's thinking about the baby, even though I'm sure Lawrence annoys the heck out of her. She wants him to be involved in the baby's life. So she, he says, oh, can cool. Can I still take him overnight? I know from my perspective, I'd have been like, you could stay over here. You know, like you could stay here with the baby overnight and I can go get this good sleep and don't knock on the door. Let me sleep. But yeah, you're not taking my four month old baby to, I don't know, uh, Airbnb. Like Negro, what? No, but I'm not going to stop you from wanting to come in and, you know, 
get in here, help me, all of those things. But I would have done the same thing. I think a lot of people online were like, oh my God, and she all of a sudden changed her mind. Again, that newborn three, four month fog attachment bonding, that's there's nothing you can compare that to. And I think it was smart of the writers to make it so that the baby was fussy when he came in and all she's thinking of, okay, the baby's upset. I'm not going to let my upset baby go to some weird place with a dude he don't hardly know. No. With Lawrence on this whole, well, I'm his father. Well, Negro, he don't know that. Yeah. Did the baby know? Like he sees you on weekends. And again, like she said, she was like, you know, you don't call, you don't check on us. You don't like, and like now I'm supposed to like turn over like my helpless, inf- my, their helpless, in- yes. helpless infant to him. Oh like, no, it's I- mine. It's mine. That's, that's all of her baby. And it was the same. Ah, you I can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say that. You can. You it's, can. It's there. It's, it's there. the same when they had the fight at Tiffany's. And this is what I'll say. What I thought was interesting about those moments, because a married couple would have that same problem. I promise you. A married couple would have that same problem. A mom and her newborn. Yeah, that's her baby. Like that's my, that's all of my baby. I am, this baby was in my body in most situations. I do not want to, you know, dis- discredit moms who adopt or surrogacy or any of those things. This baby's in my body, came out. I am most likely breastfeeding this baby or doing all of the mental work to get the baby fed in those first couple months. And there are dads, again, married dads or, you know, partners, co-parents who will say, it's hard to figure out your place in those months, regardless of whether y'all together, regardless of whether you live, you know, however many miles, a thousand miles away, it's hard to figure out your place as a man in that moment because the baby does need so much from mom and she is so attached and she's trying to bond and all of those things and trust. A married mom is saying the same thing. Oh, that's my baby. Give me my baby. Like, I will, would say that to my own husband. Give me my baby. I feel like if you said my that baby, to your husband, baby, he would flip. Because I know your husband. Your husband would flip if you called the babies my babies. Oh, oh, he would. He would. He absolutely would. I, I'll still say it, though. I would still <laughs> say it, though. If my baby was upset and, you know, I thought he was jiggling her, not holding her how she wanted to be held or all those things. Give me my baby back. Give me my baby back. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And that's a normal, that's a absolutely normal fight to have for for new parents in that situation because you're still trying to figure it out. So it's hard for, that's the the thing that I think was really interesting about their dynamic because it's hard for anybody doing it. And then you add on all the other stresses that they had, all the other levels. He lives far away. They ain't even together. He ain't even want this baby. You add all those layers on top of the fact that they're just new parents in general. And of course it's going to blow up. Of course it's not going to go right. How do they fix it? Can this be fixed? I think it can. Like, again, and all these people are like, oh, he need to hire a lawyer. It's like, what? No, he don't to do what? So he can take the baby by himself when in his stupid ass apartment, a dumb ass crib? No, they need to sit. <laughs> and I don't know if this doesn't exist or what. They need a co-parenting doula, somebody who's literally going to help them sit down and say, and you know, Black folks, sometimes they say they need to talk to their pastor, whoever that is. A therapist, a mediator, somebody, because somebody. Yes, it is somebody. And they one, they have to, one, decide what what is this? Are we going to be in this for real? Do you really want to be a co-parent? Because if that's the case, you, Lawrence, need to make some different life decisions. Like move back to L.A.? 
like moved back to LA because that's where, and listen, I have friends, friends that you probably know, I'm not going to call out people by name, but I have friends who were in a very similar, who've been in a similar situation, like had a baby with someone that they might've been oh. with at some point. Or, I know you're talking about with. right off the top of my head. I was like, oh you know yeah. Who yeah. Who weren't with when the baby came. And so that, but they sat down like adults and we're like, hey, we want to co-parent. What's the deal? And people moved, right? Ooh. You know, some people moved. And it might not have been the person you expect to move, right? It's whoever has the most support. You, you figure you figure it out. You figure out whatever the formulation is for you. Who has the most family support in what place? Who has the better job prospects? Whose job has the better insurance? Whatever it is, right? Figure it out. But first you have to decide, what are we going to do? Are we truly going to be co-parents? If that is the goal, we want to be quote unquote 50, 50. And I say that quote unquote, cause nothing is totally 50, 50, right. But if yeah. we really want to both have the decision making power in this, then what are we going to do? Is someone going to move because someone needs to move? Right. And then from there, how does this work? What are all the things we have to discuss? What religion is this baby going to be? What's date? Are we going to do daycare? Are we going to do nanny share? Like all of these things that normally you would discuss with your partner, they have to discuss together. It can't be like, oh, well, she did, made all these decisions and I'm just like backing them up. Or she made all these decisions and I'm going to resent them because I didn't bring up what I thought it should be. You know, they they really have to decide. And I think I think it's going to end up him moving back to LA. I think that, I mean, it just, it just can't be any other way. It doesn't make any sense for it to go any other way. And honestly, I don't know why his mama ain't sat him down and had a conversation. His dad, I think, I feel like in the last season, he might have sat and had a conversation with his dad about it. Or, yeah, I feel like Mm-mm. that happened. I'm not, I'm positive, The only time he like, ever sat down with his dad is he wasn't sure if he was going to date Condola because she was divorced. And his dad, you know, gave him advice. And then he went and, like, asked her out and, like, actively pursued her. But that's the only time he sat mm. down with his dad. Mm. Well, somebody needs to sit his ass down. I think too, like I mean, and Chad and um, I cannot remember um, Tiffany's husband's name, but I feel like he actually, all things considered, actually has a good circle of guy friends. But I also think he needs like a very like grown ass man, like a dad, not his uncle, because his uncle's on some next shit. Right. His dad, somebody's dad, to like sit him down and explain to him, here's the ins and outs of this situation, and here's what you can expect, and here's what you need to do to like navigate around some of these things I feel like a grown-ass man would have been you know quick to tell him the first three four months you not it's not really about you and that it needs to be about the baby and that if you want to be involved then you need to you know be an involved parent not just like I'm here on weekends and I show up to birthday parties with the baby like you know as a trophy in the carrier I oh my ooh child that made me so like when I saw that I was like mm, mm. it was so performative which is very Lawrence which mm-hmm. is it's very Lawrence. Like, oh, oh, everybody look at my new accessory, this cute little brown baby that I, you know, see on the weekends. And that, but that was really interesting to me in terms of, because Condola is the one who initiated like, oh, hey, should we go to this together? Why did she even ask him that? Going back to their first conversation about the baby where she said this, you know, wasn't ideal for her either, right? She wants to present that united front, right? She wants the pretty picture, just like Lawrence does. It's the same reason that, you know, he's at the baptism and 
they're, they took that picture together and the photographer says, you know, let's get mom and dad. And they're all smiling. And she looks up at Lawrence and it's this moment where you can tell like, she's like, okay, maybe we can do this. And I feel like Tiffany's birthday, not Tiffany's, Tiffany's baby's birthday party was the same moment of like, okay, we can like present this united front. This is what I want us to be, right? They want to be the couple that walks in and Lawrence has the baby in the baby carrier perfectly. And, you know, he says he's going to go feed the baby. And it's like, it's, that's what they want. They just aren't doing any work to maintain the consistency of that. Yeah. Nobody wants to look like a fuck boy who just had like an oops baby. Neither one of them. And I say fuck boy right. for her and for exactly. him. Nobody wants to look like you had like an oops baby. Exactly. And she doesn't want to look, she doesn't want to just roll in. Like, again, you know, there is no, you know, I was raised by a single mom, a single, you know, a mom, a single mom by choice. Condola is not a single mom by choice. She's not right. Like this was not her ideal situation. So I think that she, you know, she wants to look like this person who's walking in, you know, I got this handsome baby daddy, this cute baby, like we're doing it. We're figuring it out. They want that. They just have no clue how to actually get there. Cause they don't talk for real. And I think that was behind her sort of wanting them to go. Do you think it had anything to do with thinking that Issa would be there? I don't think she's thinking about Issa really right now. I think it was more of her wanting that perfect nuclear family picture with him. Um, But I think that's the thing. It's like, if it's a perfect family picture, it's a picture to show someone. So who is she showing? Well, I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, But I feel like not just, I mean, Issa could be part of it, but I mean, she's showing everybody. Like, showing anybody, showing her coworkers, showing like they, there is still so much, which we don't get into. They don't get into it in the episode, but we know this living in real life. There's still so much shame and judgment around someone being a single mother, a single black mother specifically. Exactly. So I, you know, I don't think she wants that. I don't think she wants to look like that because again, she's not a single mother by choice, right? This wasn't her ideal situation. So I think, yeah, the the picture could be for Issa. The picture could be for her mom, her sister, right? A a wonderful Kiki Palmer in this episode Mm -hmm. um, who is hating on Lawrence. Like it's, it could be the picture for everyone to show them like, no, 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 we're doing it. We're figuring it out. You might've thought this was, you know, some fuck boy, fuck girl shit, but no, we're doing it. We got this healthy baby. We look good. We're out. You know, he's feeding the baby when the baby needs to be fed. And of course he fucks it up by giving a baby something to eat, which was the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And his reaction to it, again, and this is where Lawrence's head is at, his reaction to it is to be in agitation with Condola, right? Not because he did the wrong thing, which he absolutely did. You don't just let a baby eat just any old effing thing when you haven't introduce solids yet like he doesn't know because he never talked to anyone and never read anything or never did clearly he's never read a baby book i mean he said like okay the doctor said we can introduce solids anytime after four months yes of course the doctor said that but there is a way to introduce just like like the way that she said that to him is the exact thing i would say to somebody about it right like no there's a way to introduce solids and yes it is not a joke it's not funny because he's like oh what's the big deal i don't know anaphylactic shock dummy like the baby could have been a allergic what's wrong with you 
Like literally, it's just so stupid. And he gets upset with her because again, it's all about him. Like, oh, she doesn't think I can parent. She doesn't think I can do this, Y, and Z. Because you just proved, dumb dumb, that you can't. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you feel bad for him in any way at all? No. I mean, no, I do. I do <laughs> Like, that was a quick no. You're like, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Having had two children, like, I just, like, like you said earlier, him not realizing that, and again, it's because they're not together, because they haven't really discussed. Him not really realizing that, that newborn stage, your job as a father, first of all, your job as any parent during the newborn stage is to bond with the baby, right? Which he's trying to do. That I will give him. On weekends. Thank you. On the weekends. He's trying to bond with the baby. Great. Wonderful. I'm not going to freaking give you a gold star for that. That's what you're supposed to be doing. But your job also as a partner, whether you are with this woman or not, is to support mom. Right, because this is an incredibly difficult time for her. Yes, the baby is out her body, out of her body, but the baby is still very much of her body, and people don't realize that in that newborn stage. Literally, in the newborn stage, a newborn doesn't know of itself as a different entity from their mother. The newborn still considers itself part of part of its mom at that time, right? And so, and and she still very much feels this way. They call it the fourth trimester, right? Because, you know, yeah, your baby's outside of your belly, but they're very, completely still very much dependent on you. So your job as a dad, those first months is just to support mom. And he doesn't want to do that. It goes back to him still feeling very um, resentful of her. And I think that that's why they have so many of these issues that keep bubbling up. Cause it's like, yes, on the surface, they can be good for a minute, right? They can do the bapt, they can do show up at the baptism and take some pictures. But then he mentions taking a baby for a week and she's like, uh, what? And he's like, oh, it's just for a week. Negro, yes, a week does feel like a year when your baby's freaking life has been measured in weeks, dummy. Like, No, like, but they never had that conversation. So it's like, yeah, we can show up at the birthday party and look really cute, but we've never delved deeper into the resentment that we have towards one another and how we really feel about each other. They need a therapist for that. They need a therapist for everything because they just, they're in two separate, two entirely different places. Um, Absolutely. Which I respect like at the end, because, you know, like, I mean, everyone's been on a plane that's had really bad turbulence and you're just like, oh shit, like, is this the end? Mm -hmm. And it does make you think about like, you know, like life or death and what's important and like, you know, who's the first person that crossed your mind? Who do you wish you'd called and haven't and things like that. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm projecting. (laughs) But, but Lawrence, you know, like the plane has turbulence and it seems that he has like, you know, a a think about, you know, the way he just handled himself with Condola and he goes home and he calls Um, and to credit, she does answer. And they mm-hmm. both acknowledge that what they're they're doing isn't working. So there's hope on the horizon that they're at least going to try to do something different. 
listen, they got this whole baby forever, right? Like not for the first, you know, not for 18 years, like literally for the rest of your life, you are yoked to one another through this child. So this is only the first three months. They can course correct, right? Because they realize they are not on the rice course right now. They can absolutely course correct. And it's going to take both of them um, to really, I think, dig deep into their relationship with one another. Not, you know, they're obviously not in love, but this idea, and then this goes back to the whole like single parent, baby mama thing. Like you liked her before. It was like, not like y'all don't like each other. You know what I mean? Like you liked her enough before to want to be in a relationship with her. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you two found something in one another that brought you together. Now you got this whole ass baby. So you have to find that thing again. You have to find a respect for one another. You have to love one another, not a romantic love, not an erotic love, but you do have to love one another. Just like she was saying, you don't check in. Like she had to call Tiffany to take her to urgent care. Like you, it's so it's not just, oh, I deal with the baby, then you deal with the baby and we pass it off like a basketball. Nah, we are a team and they just have to really figure that out and have to sit down and they need, they need some outside counsel on that. Cause that, you asked a question, you're like, is he paying child support? And I wonder like, is he like, yeah. I don't know. All of that stuff has to be figured out. Like, have y'all done a will? Like if something happens to you or did knowing condola, she probably already has one. And I promise you, Lawrence ain't, ain't, ain't the one she leaving that baby to. They are. That's not the first like, choice. Not her first choice at all. They are acting like two two completely separate entities, right? Coming to the situation and they really do have to come together. And that's like an obvious thing you can say as a, a person on the outside looking in. And that's, you know, when I'm making comments and that's in this episode and talking to people about it who are like, well, why didn't she just do this and this and this? It's real easy from the outside to say that because we're looking at the situation. But when you're in it, I mean, they're... They're both just trying to survive Condola much more than Lawrence, who literally just gets to, you know, be a dad on the weekends. Um, I will also say this. And in no way compares comparing like the sleep deprivation of a primary parent to Lawrence. But like if you're working your ass off, like say you're pulling 60 hours a week and you're hopping back and forth on a plane. Like it's not like he's like getting the best rest and sleep and clear headedness of his life either. No, no, not at all. And I feel like he's always, I feel like Lawrence also, if we just think about his character and the growth of his character, when we met Lawrence, he was a couch Negro, right? Like he had been employed for, I think, over a year. Negro is so generous. Negro is such a it generous is. term. It is. I'm trying to be nice. Like, I, I respect like, it. I respect it. You know, he, he, I feel like has always been someone who thinks of himself one way and maybe his, his life didn't match. You know what I mean? He wasn't being given the things that he thought he should be given. Right. What was the whole argument that him and Issa were having the first season where she was like, just apply for a job, get a job. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. I'm too good for X, Y, and this. And it's like, Negro, are you too good for a check? Get it. Do something. And like too I good for like, a job, but like comfortable with your girl paying all the bills, bruh. Right. 
And I feel like in this situation, he's so very concerned with this idea. Well, like, oh, well, I'm not just a deadbeat. I'm not a deadbeat dad. Like he has this idea, like I'm not that, but what are you? Tell us what you're not. Tell us what you are. And I don't think he figured that out. I think he wants the cookie and kudos that like Chris Rock talks about is like, Mm -hmm. you're doing what you're supposed to do. And you want to be applauded for that. Like, okay, you didn't go to jail. You weren't supposed to. Okay, you're trying to take care of your kid. Yes, you're supposed to. That's the bare minimum, sir. Like you flying down on weekends to see the child that you created is the bare minimum. Exactly. And I don't think he sees it that way. No, because he sees it as, oh, I'm trying really hard. You know, this is hard for him. Yeah. Everyone involved is trying really hard. She's trying really hard. Her sister's trying really hard because her sister looked exhausted too. And that ain't even her baby. Exactly. It's hard for everybody. That's the thing. And I feel like that's, I mean, that's a constant, again, why I think it's so interesting the arguments they're having, because regardless of whether you are with your child's other parent or not, you're kind con- like people who live in the same household, right? Are still having the argument of, oh, well, I had to work really hard today. Well, I had to work really hard today too. I had to do that. You know, you're all, it's always that push, push and pull over this entire situation of parenting just being really, really hard, especially in a country where people don't have a ton of support, right? Like if Condola lived in, you know, Sweden, she probably would have had somebody the government was paying for come over her house and do her laundry and wash the baby while she took a nap. You know what I mean? Like she would have got a year off paid. Like (laughs) that stuff happens in other developed countries. It does not happen here. Here it is definitely like, Peace out. You're on your own. Good luck to you. Best of luck. Yeah. Don't ask for shit. No handouts. (laughs) Right. And it's like, yeah, they're absolutely not in a good place, you know, three months in, but they're not in the worst place and they can definitely switch it up. And I think really what it's going to end up is our boy moving back to Los Angeles. I have three more questions for you that don't have to do with Lawrence and Condola, at least not the baby situation. Was it weird for Issa and Molly not to be at the baby at the at the baby's first birthday? Yes, that was very strange. Okay. To me, that was very strange. Because I was like, they're a super tight friend circle. And I know that Tiffany and um what's her name? Tiffany and Kelly are closer. Or they're like the two besties and then Issa and Molly are the besties and then they both yes. come together as like a foursome. So I get it. But I was like, I get why Issa wouldn't want to be there, especially knowing that Condola, the baby, and likely Lawrence would be. I wouldn't want to see that either. But then I also would be like, it's my friend's baby's first birthday and it's weird not to be there. Get over it. No, it's weird. I feel like there were some, you know, there were some comments that were like, oh, well, you know, they're the single friend. So why would they be like, what? The first birthday, I get it if it was the baby's, you know, third or fourth birthday, but the first birthday is a huge deal culturally, right? Like you made it, you mom and dad, you made it through. Like, honestly, I think at the end of the season, we might see Condola and Lawrence at their baby's first birthday, right? Like mom and dad, you made it through. Also, baby, you are still alive. Like the first birthday is a celebration for the community, not just for the parents. Absolutely not for the baby. The baby don't know what's going on. The first birthday is not for the baby. The first birthday is for the parents. So I was actually very shocked that Issa 
and Molly weren't there because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, we still, I mean, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and we just stopped inviting like all of our friends, including, you know, our single friends to their birthday parties, but their first parties, we absolutely, well, not Robin's because hers was during the pandemic, but the first, (laughs) Sally's first birthday, that was a a turnout. That was a turn up. That was a party. That was not a kid's party. That was a turn up. And so I was very surprised that Molly and Issa were not there. In my mind, like maybe they were there and we just didn't see it. I was like, did they come early? Did they come later? Like, but I, I couldn't imagine that Tiffany would not have invited them. And that if they had been invited, they wouldn't go. Also, I, I remember I was reading somebody because I was asking, like, why why weren't they there? And someone was like, well, you know, single people sometimes feel triggered about, like, coming to birthday parties or first birthday parties because it's, like, a family and a kid and they don't have, like, a spouse or a partner and a child and blah, blah, blah. I also had to think about this. I've been to a bunch of baby showers. I cannot remember ever going to a first birthday. Not that a bunch of my friends have kids, but I wasn't at at Sally's. Maybe because I was living in New York. I don't know. No, you weren't here. I don't think you were here, but there were definitely, I mean, there were definitely single people at Sally's birthday. Like, especially if it's like your, if, if your baby calls one of your good friends, auntie something mm-hmm. and she should be it, at the party, she should yeah. be at the goddamn party. Right. Yeah. Like that. I'm not, that part of it was very surprising to me. And again, I think as they get older, then once the first birthday party is not for the baby, the baby has no clue what's going on. The first birthday party is for the parents and the community. And that is why I was honestly really shocked. Like I didn't want to see like some weird showdown between them, but I was kind of gearing up for it. And maybe they didn't write that in because they didn't want the, they didn't want the episode to be about Issa at all. Right. They wanted the episode to be about Lawrence and Condola, but her absence was definitely felt. I don't think it was just a, oh, why would Issa be there? Because it's, you know, because that's her homegirl. Like, I'm sorry, were Issa and Molly not part of the crew that like helped save Tiffany from postpartum Mm -hmm. runaways? Like, come Mm -hmm. on, that's their good friend. So yeah, I mean, obviously definitely Kelly because Kelly's the baby's god mommy, but it didn't really make sense for Issa and Molly not to be there. Or even Molly. I mean, I guess Molly, if she didn't, if Issa didn't want to go, maybe Molly was not going out of like some weird solidarity, but it's like, come on guys. Maybe she needed to be with Issa to like support Issa. Cause I mean, I, I, it could be a meltdown situation. It could be, I've had meltdowns over less. Listen, I have like in real life, I have been in that situation where I was with a very close friend at a barbecue and her ex showed up with, his current girlfriend and his older son. It was this whole weird thing. And it was definitely this weird, like, 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 yeah, she was triggered. Like it was, it was, it was not a good situation. Um, yeah, but we were also like 22 at the time. Like y'all, y'all grown, y'all grown, having babies, being married, starting businesses, becoming partner. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, -uh. we got to get over like silly emotional stuff. I don't know. I had a full meltdown. I want to say I was like 30. (laughs) No, I was, I was 30. I was like, I was the age of the characters. I was 30. Yeah. Yeah. In a similar situation, we weren't in a relationship. We were on the outs, but we were always like a thing. 
and he got someone pregnant and he called me, I guess she was like six months or so. And he called me and I was like, I can't process because like I have to do all this other shit um, and just put it on the back burner. And then like one day it just hit me and I had like a full down meltdown. Like my mother had to come up from DC to console me because she was like, are you, you're not okay. Like I'm, I'm on my way. But you didn't see and, him. No. Okay. Um, but even after that, like, I mean, they didn't stay together very long, but he wanted me to, he called me and asked me if we could have lunch, maybe like, I don't know, a year and a half, like maybe it was like 18 months or so, not even two, but he wanted to have lunch or whatever. And I was like, okay. And I was like, would you have to come to Brooklyn? And for anybody listening, um, I'm talking about him, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. He asked if he could, you know, take me to, to lunch or whatever, lunch, brunch, whatever. And I said, okay. And so then he called me and he was like, okay, we're on our way. I said, we, who is we? And he was like, me and my son. And I was like, I'm not sitting at lunch with, with you and your son. No. I mean, I get it. That's your son. It's a part of your life. And but he should be a part of your life. He can't be a part of my life. And I don't think you can either. Cause like, clearly I can't accept your kid at this point. So you need to go be over there. Well, I'm glad that he told you he was bringing the baby before he just showed up. With Girl, him. if he showed up with that baby and <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, do we have video on phones yet? That would have been like world star. Mm. Like That would have been mm. bad. That would have been bad, bad, bad. Can we talk about the, I want to say, I think she's the unsung hero of this episode. Our friend Kelly. Yes. I've always liked Kelly. But when Kelly hit Lawrence with the, uh, what did she say? Everyone I know is in abundance. I wrote the quote down. Yes. Everyone Where is I, it? I need to what, find it because it was such say? a good quote. All I remember is she said limitless. And it was just like, all right, Kelly. That's that's a friend. That is, that a, is friend. a friend. Get you a friend who will read your ex. In the classiest way possible. Everyone I associate with is thriving in abundance. Limitless. Yes. <laughs> no names, no details, no right. shade. Just know that right. everyone I associate with, yes. including the woman you're asking about, not by name. Yes. Thriving in abundance. Limitless. <laughs> Limitless. Yo, yes. I was like, anytime someone asked me, I was like, that might just be my new answer. Hey, D, how you doing? I am <laughs> thriving in abundance, limitless. Limitless. And it's like, did she prepare that? Because knowing Kelly, no. Like knowing Kelly, that came like straight off the dome. It just came through her, yes. And it was just like, get you a friend that is going to do that. She didn't ignore it. She didn't just say, like, everyone's fine. She was like, no, I'm going to let you know. Yeah, you, you fucked it up, bro. You fucked up. You, you fucked up. You did. You could have had a good life. You could have had a good life. You chose otherwise. You Make of it, it what you will. Right. But don't worry. She I. She ain't thinking about you. She's not I. She's thriving yes. in abundance. Limitless. <laughs> Limitless. Limitless. Yes, that, that was... Class. It was so classic, Kelly. That, that's up there with like blessed and highly fla- and highly favored. Yes, yes, I love it. Ke- Kelly's awesome. It. I I love Kelly's character, especially as and it's funny that like Kelly and Tiffany would be the besties, right? Um, because Tiffany's so bougie and you know whatever they balance you know yeah they're just like they're and kelly is just quirky off the cuff like i am not concerned with what people think of me 
mostly, even though we saw a little bit in that first episode that she is a little bit concerned about how people view her, but she's just going to do her. And I, yeah, I love it. And yeah, that baby, the, that baby needs Kelly. With the mother, that baby like does Tiffany, need Kelly. That baby needs Kelly. Yeah, I mean, and it's something about like, like Tiffany and her husband. I feel so bad. I could not remember this man's name. Derek. Um, Derek. Boom. There we go. Tiffany and Derek. But I think they're also a testament of like not necessarily why a couple needs to be married because it's not for everyone. I totally get that. But why a baby has two parents because they have good yeah. balance. Because Tiffany's yeah. out of her mind, but Derek is like you know he's level headed and even. Yes, absolutely. and he balances and her Tiffany- very well. And we saw it last season when Tiffany was going through postpartum depression and was just not handling it well, which a lot of women go through. You know, Derek was just like, yeah, I, I'm doing it. I, I, I'm i stepping in. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I am here yes. physically yes. to be able to do that. Now, you do not have to be married to be there physically for your child. Um, they just happen to be. But yes, they are a very good example of just to do Derek in general is like, he's, I, I think the growth that we've seen with them as a couple, like in the first season, like he just seemed like he was just like some henpecked whipped, you know, I'm just here. So I don't get fine type husband, <laughs> but that's not really over the seasons we've seen. That's really not who he is. He has thoughts, right? You know what I mean? He has, he has thoughts. He's, he's, he's deep in his own way. He knows how to balance her out. He loves this woman for every reason that he would love her. And he's going to make sure he is showing up for the places that he needs to show up for. Um, Yeah, I like Derek's character a lot. And last but not least, certainly not least, no one's really talking about this woman. And I feel like she's she's very important. The woman that Lawrence went on the date with, (laughs) and he... He gets that text and is like, yes. you know, my baby was just born. And she's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, no. And then throws money on the table and runs out. Can you imagine being that single woman on that date with a man who does that? That's traumatizing. Especially in San Francisco, ma'am. And I have some single friends or have had single friends that live in San Francisco where it can be hard out here for a pimp. And you find yourself, or at least, and the thing is, the date wasn't going well because Lawrence is a cornball. So it wasn't going great anyway. But then as soon as it sort of starts to vibe, he's like, oh, by the way, I got this baby on the way. I would be so pissed off at my girl who introduced us because they made it clear that someone introduced the two of them. So either that person didn't know Lawrence had a baby. So, so now I'm thinking, does anybody know? In his new San Francisco life, does anyone know that Lawrence has a baby? There's no indication whatsoever. Like, no, I I would probably guess no. No, right? Because it's his secret life. It's like he like puts on, you know, it's like his secret identity. He gets to go to San Francisco and be single, you know, hipster, cool San Francisco guy. And then goes down to LA to be quote unquote responsible. And it's like a split personality. And that, no, sir. And was she, do we think the girl that he had the date with, I couldn't tell. Was that the same girl he was doing it to? I think so. You think it's, oh. It doesn't zoom in enough on her face to tell. Right. Because I actually right. went to like look and see and I was like, oh, did she fuck him after that? Um, yes. And and if that's the case, then I want to be like, girl. I want to pull her to side and be like, girl, unless you're positive, this is just like some fuck buddy situation. You better run for the hills. I want to send her Summer Walker's new album. That's what I want to do. I want to send her the new Summer Walker album. Be like, sis, 
your fate <laughs> could be this. Like, do learn it. from the mistakes of others, please. Don't date him, girl. Don't date him, girl. Yeah, I'm really... Ho- like, when I was looking, I was like, wait, she looks a lot like her. Like, same skin tone. She had long hair. I was like, if that is the girl. And she know this Negro got a full, like, baby. What is you doing? No. Like, he can date. People are like, oh, well, he he could date. Like, him and Condola aren't together. He can date. Okay, great. He could, but who... Is it a good idea? Who, yeah. And who wants to date you, boo? Well, what I kept saying to people, mm-hmm. and it was like, I'm not having like some, you know, like a moral whatever, or feel like he needs to be monogamous to this woman because she has his child. And I was like, no, it's more like I have made this life altering decision that I didn't plan for. I have now tied myself to someone that at the moment I don't even like for the rest of my life. Um, I've nuked bombed this relationship that I was in with a woman that I love that I really wanted. Like my, your life, because as he put it, is like, you know, bombed and has fallen apart. You have no business dating. You need to sit no. your ass down no. and like do some self-evaluation, do some, yes. I don't know, some shadow work, get a therapist. Yes, yes. Like go work oh, on yes. yourself or just on a very like, you know, basic, which should be obvious, but clearly isn't level actually plan for your baby and create like a co-parenting situation with the mother of your child. No, no. Cause he thinks he can just drop in and be single and be, you know, San Francisco Lawrence and then- San Francisco Lawrence who like also like, you know, hipster black, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he also gets to play ideal black man with six figure job at, you yep. know, growing tech company, $4,000, $5,000 a month apartment. Cause San Francisco is nuts mm-hmm. with degrees and no kids. Right. So you can walk around like, oh, I'm like this ideal black man and I check all these boxes and I'm hiding all my baggage from, I don't want to call it a baby baggage, but the situation, the, the, this completely intense, ridden with conflict situation, you can just pretend it doesn't exist until the weekend. Exactly. And that's the yeah. thing. It's just like, it's not, and it's not that again, it's not someone made the comment like, oh, well, if it was Condola going out on dates, we'd be applauding her. Like, yeah, because Condola's the one who actually needs a break. Like, she's the one who actually needs to to freaking release some pressure. But the idea Actually, like, I would have the same issue with her dating as well. Dating while pregnant and then dating while, like, you know, a newborn mom, especially in the midst of all this conflict. You, too, are making decisions that, like, you know, are not aligned with what you wanted for your life. Like, okay, it happens. We all don't make perfect decisions. But at what point do you sit down and be like, okay, like something is going on with me where I'm making these life altering decisions and I'm not thinking things through clearly and I need to do better. Yes. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And saying that to people, like I was talking to like back and forth about this concept on Facebook and people were like, that's not realistic. And I was like, is it not? I mean, it is should it not? Be. That's the thing. It's like, if it's not, it should be. It should be. Because I was like, otherwise, how do you get up out of a, a fucked up cycle? Which, you know, like I've been in, but like, how do you get out of a fucked up cycle if you don't ever sit down, reevaluate, self-work, like talk to yourself in the mirror, like something. But if you don't do right. anything, then how do you stop doing the things that are fucking up your life? I mean, it's exactly what Molly, the work Molly has been doing, right? Thank you. Like it is exactly the work Molly has been doing. And we saw it when she had the conversation with her mom, who was trying to set her up with that herb and it was just like you know she had to sit there and think like you know she's like I'm just doing me right now I'm trying to like evaluate all the stuff that's led me to this point and she's done a lot of that self-work she's 
it looks like at least um, that she's come out of the other side of it. And that's what we all should be doing as adults. Like this entire season, Issa has said, is about growth. They're all supposed to be growing, right? It's not growth just to have a baby. That's that's literally just naturally like you get pregnant, the baby is going to, and, and keep the baby, it is going to come out of your body. That's not the growth. The mental growth has to be some kind of self-work, which you should be doing if you are going to be somebody's mama, if you are going to be somebody's daddy. These people, the people that we're following, thankfully, in this show have the privilege to actually pause and do those things, right? We're not talking about, you know, a a single teenage mom without a high school diploma or, you know what I mean? Someone who really has to struggle just just for the day-to-day, like the day-to-day is a Herculean effort. Like we are talking about educated, gainfully employed, homeowners. Health insurance. (laughs) Thank you. Like they need to be doing the work. The work. And they can, and they see it. And hopefully, I mean, clearly they see it. It didn't pop into Lawrence's head until he almost died flying to San Francisco. And I wonder if that hadn't have happened, what, what would he have done? Would he have called her? Would he have realized how wrong he was? No, no, because he wasn't doing anything to get himself to that point. He was just going through the motion. He would have gone back to dating and fucking and flying down on weekends and (laughs) being unclear until something eventually, you know, he either makes the same mistake again, because I think we all know people who or know of people who have like multiple children with multiple women. And it's like you didn't learn from the first baby mama you hated or the second, like or the third. Hello, right. future. Like, oh, like they, they're not together. Oh, okay, future. That's how you get ghetto twins. Like, come on now. Like, just take a break. Let your peen have a break. Let it breathe. It's okay. It's Let okay. It breathe. Like, Let love it say, what did Lovey say? She used to call um, Stevie J Groupon peen. Like, you know, mm-hmm. community peen. Market. Take it off the market for a minute. That's all right. Like, sex will still be there when you return. It absolutely will. It absolutely will. It absolutely will. I don't know. I think a lot of people mistake um, time passing for growth and they're not the same thing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like that's going to happen regardless. That is going to happen. We can't stop it. Yeah. But literally sitting and thinking about the decisions that you make. And again, I'm like, okay, he's taking these girls out. Again, is he paying child support? Like, is he putting money in a five five twenty nine, whatever you have in California? I do not know. Like, but you can like you can spend all this money whining and dining chicks, popping bottles, but can't you know getting Airbnbs or wherever he was going to take that baby overnight? Like, come on, he, do his parents live in L.A.? Like, I was really trying to figure. Like, is he taking the baby to no, the parents' house? Like, where is he taking do. this baby? I don't think they do. For some reason, I think he is from California, but not LA. Maybe not I made LA. that up. But um, no, I yeah, he because he said that that the house was like walking distance. So I literally think he just like rented a house just down to take the street the from her for a night, which is the stupidest thing ever. Because again, it just points to the fact that they're not doing it together. It's just like, oh well, you be here, I be there, and it's like, no, if you really want to like learn how to take care of this human with me. You could you could do it here in the guest bedroom. Like you could just take over and the baby can have all his creature comforts and I can get this good sleep. We really letting him stay in the house though? I, I don't abs- know if I'm letting I, him stay I in the house. I would. You think so? I would. Mm-hmm. I would. 
I would. Um, well, I don't have only kids. because I don't want you taking my baby nowhere. Ah, uh, fair. You put the baby first. Fair, fair. <laughs> Spoken like a good mother. No, I'm putting my baby first. You, you're gonna be right here, so my baby ain't going nowhere. I'm asleep, and if something happens, knock on this door and wake exactly. me up. Like I say, in that new mommy fog, that makes sense. Now, you know, mine are four and two now. You could take them, take them, take them somewhere. <laughs> like I dropped them off. <laughs> take them. But mm-mm, three months, you ain't taking my baby. Nowhere. Damn place. I don't care what car seat you got. Mm-mm. Is Jesus driving the car? Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> nope. You're so funny. But that is all of my insecure questions and conversation for you. You've been lovely. This was fun. I miss you, friend. I miss you too, friend. What are you working on now? So I just finished my third book. It's called The Mamas, Parenting in the Age of... A a Story of Parenting in the Age of Everything. So it's part memoir, part reported piece, part analysis of what it's like being a Black middle-class... Um, and I say it like that because I didn't grow up middle class, so I just never see myself as it. Mm-hmm. Um, black middle middle class parent in a rapidly gentrifying DC during uh, you know a pandemic and a quote unquote racial reckoning and all those things and just like what it means. So it's like joining the mom groups, the fact that the mom group and the people in this neighborhood are mostly white and what that felt like. Um, and I think a lot of people have gone through that. And then you know my relationship with my own mother, just trying to. Um, just square what it is like to be a black mother right now and where I am. Um, so that comes out in the summer. Love. Uh, I remember when you first started spring. working on that, when it was just like an idea in your head, like I'm thinking about maybe I will. Hmm. I love that it's almost yes. Here. The craziest thing about this project as a memoir is because I'm writing about people in the neighborhood that we currently live in, right? Like, you know, and so I've sent some chapters to, you know, the white mom friends that I have that I'm I'm close with who are in my group. And I was just like, listen, just want you guys to kind of fill out what this is, all the characters and composites, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the response so far has been um, really overwhelmingly positive. So it's something I'm really proud of. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Because my next question was like, are you are you staying in that neighborhood after you like you know <laughs> right. share all your real That's feelings the about like, the moms you, you there? You still gonna live like, there? Like, are y'all moving after this book comes out? Okay, we are staying. Like, you know, we, I love this place, and I think one of the things that I think is really interesting about the neighborhood that we live in that's very analogous to places all over the country is that they're changing. So, like, this neighborhood used to be an all black neighborhood, and then it got real hot in the streets and now there's million dollar flips. You know what I mean? And just like, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? What does it feel like when you're, you're raising a black child in those sorts of environments? Um, so yeah, we will see that comes out. It, it, it is a perfect book to become a Netflix series. I'm gonna put that out there and keep putting it out there. Cause I think that should happen. Um, but that comes out in the spring and we are staying, um, and also just working on other things. You know, I'm, tra- you know, I'm still at the post where I do, um, features in the pop culture department and that's been super fun and I love the place. And at the same time, I'm doing other stuff, working on other stuff. I always got an idea for a book. I feel like I'm always writing a book. That's just going to be the rest of my life. I mean, you're, Which is good. It's a, you're good a writer. You should be writing. Note to self. <laughs> Note to self. I need to be writing. 
ma'am, ma'am. I have a podcast. It takes up a lot of time. I get a lot of thoughts off okay. on you. Okay. I know. That's like, that means nothing. I know. My agent is listening to this podcast okay. right now. Like, where's the proposal? Where's the proposal? Okay. You're, but you're, I feel like you're working on something. I feel like we just, you, you posted something on Facebook about working on something specifically. I'm working on two different having things. having an idea. No, yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing two different proposals that are very different. Like one is a memoir. The other one is like fantasy fiction about like a black woman who goes on an odyssey and, you know, has a bunch of sex. Which is not what okay. I'm doing on my own Odyssey, just FYI. It's oh, just, you know, no. it's it's the oh, fantasy okay. of, of what my oh. Odyssey could be. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Eat, pray, doing it. Um, <laughs> eat, okay, pray, well, sex. I want to eat both. <laughs> I, I want to read both. I want to read both. Sure. I would love that. <laughs> All right, my okay. love. I'm headed to, um, to edit this. This is great. You need to come back. Please Yay. come back and talk about um, your book in the spring when it comes out. Because I would love to talk about like mommyhood and gentrification of DC and all of those things. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know that DC life. When, when galleys are ready, I will send you and just let me know. Thank you. All right, girl. Thanks. This is awesome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't you love her? I love her. She's literally one of my favorite humans. And I suck. Literally, we haven't spoken in forever. So I'm glad we were able to catch up. I'm glad she was able and willing to share her insights about Insecure with us. So let me know what you think about Insecure and the episode. You can't DM me, but you can send me emails and you can comment on social. I usually post at least an announcement when there's a new episode on all of my social pages. So you can weigh in there if you like. You're welcome to. Otherwise, I'll be back on Friday to talk about a whole bunch of stuff that Kanye interview the tragedy at the Travis Scott festival isn't there something else oh Will Smith in that Oprah interview but we'll talk about all of that on Friday this insecure episode was just too good to wait so we'll talk again soon and then on Friday I should have a merch drop date for you thank you so much for your patience while I sort this thing out it's my first time doing it on my own without the production manager it's very good for me that I learned how to do all the processes but it has been a learning curve I think we've worked out most of the kinks in this part of the process I know how to do the other part the shipping very very well all right we will talk again on Friday okay bye